0: Hello and welcome to the Dirty Side Formula One podcast. I'm your host, Keon, and I'm as always joined by Luke Ferracci. How's it going?
1: Very well, Keon. Uh, Very,
0: very well. Uh, How was
1: your trip to the land of the rising sun? Uh, Did you meet Kamui Kabayashi? <laughs> that was your it, point of going, wasn't right, it? Right,
0: right. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, the only downside was that I wasn't able to watch the Baku race because for some reason, uh, while the race was live, I was flipping through channels on my, uh, on my TV in a, in a hotel room in Osaka, thinking, you know, motorsport is really popular in Japan. They're, they're probably going to cover the race it's going to be on some regular channel. I think right. I, I looked on the F1 website and it said it was covered by like Fuji Television or something. So I thought, okay, I, I've, got, I've got a chance. So I'm flipping through the channels and uh, I come across Formula E. Like Formula they were showing e? Formula E, yeah. Really? I, I don't, I don't, like it was kind of disturbing to me. Was <laughs> it Formula that? 1 wasn't on TV, but Formula E was. Okay. I mean, it's possible that, that it's on some kind of like pay pay channel or like some sort of cable that 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 uh, hotels don't have but it would seem really but it's bizarre to me that they would cover Formula E before Formula One.
1: Yeah, I thought that would and I thought probably Formula E would be uh, sorry, Formula One would be free to air for the yeah, Japanese me too. I mean, considering how popular It might have
0: sports. been, but honestly when I press when I press the guide button in the hotel is like it brings up a guide that was just all in Japanese. There was, yeah, just like no chance of being able to read or understand anything. But I, but I did flip through like the channels like an idiot, just like press the plus button continually. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't find any motorsports. Did the Formula E race? Was it at least enjoyable? Um, I I, I like the look of the cars. Right. Um, yeah, my girlfriend said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what is that?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's, that's that's not F one. It's Formula E." And she was like, "Those cars look amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, they, they do look awesome, but they kind of suck." I mean, yeah, they're no Formula One, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, I I, I love electric cars. Um, I've driven a bunch of Teslas, um, P85Ds, P90Ds, um, and with the ludicrous like the performance um, firmware upgrade or whatever, and they are really enjoyable cars to drive. I love the acceleration you get in an electric car. It's Kind of, sec- it's like second to none. No right. um, internal combustion engine can match that kind of acceleration from like a standstill. But that only really matters in in a race, like at the start. And I guess like out of corners, you get really good acceleration. But there, but the other characteristics are just like there's yeah. there's no comparison.
1: No, right? and I my mean, and they
0: sound like <laughs> they, they don't sound good in a race. It's cool when you're in the car and you hear that whine. It's like a very um, it's almost like a thrill, like you're on like a, on a roller coaster or some kind of like ride. Somewhere. Right. It doesn't sound like a car, but but from the you know if you're not in the cockpit, that sound is like just so lame. And
1: we know that the important is there's a very different perspective of the sound from the driver's point of view to the audience, yeah. right? It's a yeah. yeah, different sound. Maybe the electric car could have helped uh, Valtteri Bottas with his race today, but.
0: <sighs> yeah, <laughs> he definitely needed some help, right? He did, maybe. Uh, but they, keep, they keep talking about how it's this is running joke on Sky where they talk about he didn't eat his porridge. He, he didn't have the right kind of porridge today <laughs> because I think they asked him when he won in Melbourne, like, uh, what the hell? <laughs> Like what? What happened? Did he to you? say porridge? And they asked him, like, what he ate for breakfast, and he said porridge. Okay. And so they just keep this like a running joke where they 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 wonder if, if Valtteri has had his porridge, and obviously he didn't have his porridge. But she what he what he, what he claimed was that, I mean, Lewis had an an incre- incredible start, um, but Valtteri also had a really poor start, and he it's claimed due to a mechanical. Flip. Yeah, yeah, he claimed in the in the when he, he was in the interview pen. He claimed that uh, this was due to the fact that uh, he had a clutch issue that he's never had before in this car in in like this season. So he said that, you know, they're going to have to look into it. And it was a shame because it basically compromised his race. He was on pole. He lost the position at the start and there was like no chance of getting it back. And you can't even really say that he was bad in race pace. No. He was pretty much, I mean neck and neck with Lewis like he wasn't too far off in terms of pace But uh, it's uh, just like he you know you always was, felt he that Lewis was in
1: control though
0: yeah it's because he got ahead at the beginning yeah right? that's the only real reason
1: like but you always felt that Lewis was just controlling the pace that if he wanted to push hard that he probably could have you know ran away from Bottas a little bit but he was probably just
0: Yeah well I mean, looking like, at the final race result uh, Bottas was only 4 seconds behind like 4 seconds is a really really sh- small gap for a whole race distance Yeah so. you're
1: right I mean but it, I mean if if we go to qualifying uh, he ended up getting for his time a 1154 and Hamilton was a 116 uh 4 tenths but did Hamilton have... Um, I think it was
0: six-tenths, right? Yeah, six-tenths. So that was like a tremendous gap, I think. That was a really huge statement for us to be so so dominant in qualifying. Like Hamilton was apparently str- is still struggling with his car. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hamilton has said that
1: he, he he's quoting, saying that we're not getting along, but they were able to find a little bit of peace today in, in China, but he still hasn't figured it out. And saying that... Uh, the car is suited more towards Bottas uh, at the moment or Bottas is getting more out of it. But he also went on to say that this is the best car Mercedes has made, even though he's not able to extract mm. the most out of it at this point. Yeah. Um, he's gone on record as saying that this is the best car, better than last year. And by looking at their, uh, what is it, their five one twos that they've had now?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds, I, I think... So, yeah, they've been, they've been really good. They haven't really screwed up any races, but they shouldn't have won in Bahrain. We, no, we that can't was a forget gimme. That yeah, that was a gimme. <clears throat> um, and um, actually, like, back on the subject of Bottas, did you note, I don't know if you caught this, because you could only see it, you could kind of see it in the actual race uh, when they were covering the race start, but I think you could only really see it from the replays from behind. But he caught con- and and from the onboard, I think from like Max's onboard or, or Leclerc's onboard, but he got like super sideways, um, like he almost lost it in like the second turn. It was like almost like forty-five degree fishtail and a recover. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Like it was, uh, it was a little bit strange, um, a little bit suspect. But the race start was kind of uh, you know it's almost it was almost like I can't believe I'm saying this, but it was more of the same in terms of. Um, Bottas and Hamilton going wheel to wheel and kind of like not giving an inch and but then when push comes to shove they are like well behaved drivers like yeah, they, well, they don't slam into each other like one of them kind of backs down um, Hamilton's sort of won. but remember that
1: Hamilton was in a sandwich with Vettel right There was all three of yeah. them and Vettel like he didn't have the line he had It looked like he had a good line, but he wasn't able to get in front, and then Hamilton was able to keep him at bay, and Vettel had to relent. Well,
0: well, Vettel, basically, I think it was the first turn, the first to the second, he flat-spotted. Yes, and then
1: he flat-spotted trying to. At
0: really high speed, and he he just completely wrecked his tire, and ruined his race, and he was just pissing and moaning about the vibrations on the radio and, like, begging the team to, to pit him. And um, that actually, like, his overzealous move there comprom- ended up compromising Charles Charles Leclerc. If you watch, like, the first few, few turns, the replay. So Leclerc is, like, coming in hot and trying to, you know, gain a position, and due to Leclerc, like, sorry, due to Vettel, like, misjudging the turn or whatever, um, missing almost missing the turn, flat spotting, when he, like, kind of rejoins the track... Leclerc has to basically like back off and like hit the brakes a bit or like just to avoid a collision. Yeah. And in that kind of like scuffle, uh, they didn't touch, but like they came pretty close. And during all of that like, um, you know, mayhem, Max just basically comes in and blows past. Max, yeah.
1: Max was able to fly straight through. But then (coughs) post, uh, like after what, maybe the fourth or fifth lap, uh, because like of Vettel's overzealous move and he flat spotted. Leclerc was was actually going faster, but they took another two. It took Ferrari's strategist another yeah. two laps for them to let two to three laps, I think. Yeah, I think and it was
0: maybe even more more yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh,
1: w- w- yeah, at least two, maybe no more than four, to to let Leclerc through. It was like yeah. what, what, <clears throat> why? Yeah, why? it's very
0: very surprising. But I mean, at the same time, I was surprised they even did it. I mean. He's been, he's, been, he's been on the on the on the ass end of every strategy so far. And he and Vettel's been the beneficiary and he's been given you know the position even when he has not necessarily deserved it, I think. But I'm glad that Ferrari at least had the vision to say, well, in this case, it was almost not even a decision because Vettel's car was like so mangled.
1: Yeah, he was he was actually like a, a, a detriment yeah. and to, to Ferrari's chances of getting points because he was just so like he, he wasn't lapping good times and Leclerc is is just behind him, mm-hmm. um, but I mean again they were just a, a day late a dollar short again in their strategy, <laughs> and so
0: uh, yeah, so it was, there was a point that was brought up by the the, the commentators that when Ferrari does this when they don't like, have a clear, like, they don't make a quick decision. They say, okay, look, you're way faster. The other driver needs to move aside. Let's just make it happen now. Whenever they do this, and they cause their drivers to actually fight for, you know, the the position, like, fighting for scraps, essentially, because they were fighting over, f- like, fourth and fifth. And, when while they're doing this, Mercedes is just getting further and further up the field. And yeah, just, and it, Max it,
1: was running away too, right? Yeah,
0: and it, it's stupid. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. I just, like, you put just, your car that has the best chance in front and just, like, give them an optimal strategy and just do something, you know, do something this season. Because, like, this season is turning out to be, I, you know, I'm almost, so, like, sorry to say, like, I think even before this podcast, we always find stuff to talk about, you and me, but... uh you, or I should say you and I, but, yeah. but it's, um, I actually almost, I, I thought I was, you know, we're going to go on, uh, on air and start saying like really, really negative things about the season be like, it's not like, it's almost not even worth talking about this race. Cause it was so pathetically boring. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, and the season is just turning out to be like just more of the same, right?
1: Exactly. And I mean, I think part, like the, the thing is that they're, they're, they're so far advanced. No one expected Mercedes to be this strong, and okay, they were gifted. Mm-hmm. They were gifted Bahrain, but in all the preseason testing, and this was like no, you know, it was Ferrari. It yeah. was Ferrari. This was like twelve weeks ago. So it's like, what's yeah, like, like what's t- happened? Like
0: t- Eleven weeks or something. And the, the thing is, you can't even say that. Okay, it, you know, d- different tracks, sort of different teams, different characteristics. Because Ferrari were dominant at you know testing, which is on this. Very circuit on this particular right? circuit like on this at sp- Catalonia. Yeah, yeah. Like it makes no no sense that they that they fell off so quickly. And I know the pace of development is very 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 fast in Formula One. And I I really doubt that Mercedes were sandbagging, but like it's not even it's it just hasn't even been a contest. Yeah, like Ferrari it, is just they didn't get it right, and they're going backwards. And
1: and and it seems like they were only strong. At Bahrain.
0: And it's not even... Yeah, exactly. And it's not even um, just the ta- on the technical side. They're getting worse and worse with their tactical decisions.
1: Yeah. It, it's... Um, <coughs> I mean, I don't know if um, Benotto is going to be able to last out the season. Yeah. If they, if they form- I
0: don't really have any faith in him. He, he seems <coughs> just like a... He's been like a stooge so far this season, making bad calls. Yeah. And like under his direction, nothing there's like no forward movement. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe Mercedes like really hit a home run somehow in between uh, the last winter test and the season, but it just seems... That's,
1: it's, it's quite hard to do that because yeah. the first race you go over to Melbourne, logistically, I mean, yeah, they've got the boys working in the factory, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I can't explain it. I'm lost for words as to why this gap has, has uh, become. And yeah. it's to the point where Verstappen is... Granted, he's driving better than he than he's driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know absolutely phenomenally well, but he's splitting up the the, the Ferraris yeah, now. It shouldn't be happening. Like right. that shouldn't be happening. <clears throat> I mean, we we understood that Red Bull were going to be thereabouts, uh, and yes, mm-hmm. it's Verstappen driving. But to be yeah, Verstappen up-
0: actually, he was. I mean, he wasn't like a distant third. No, he was actually he was closer. Strong. He was closer to Bottas than Bottas was, was to Hamilton. Like he was three and a half seconds behind yeah. at the end of the he, race distance. That's he was, incredible.
1: He was racing and he, and, he, and he even admitted, he said, look, we're not going to get close to the Mercedes or yeah. I'm not going to be able to mount a, 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 yeah, a challenge, huge challenge. Yeah. But I, I, he says, we're going to take the fucking fight to Ferrari. And uh, he split the, like he's racing v- like perfectly at the moment. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, even Christian Horner has been saying that he's... Exemplary. Um, like, Max has basically been, like, uh, impeccable all all season. Like, he's, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He hasn't messed anything up, like, severely in qualifying like last year. He hasn't gotten into any angry tussles with people. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I was actually saying, like, is this really maturity or is he just like, just he's driving really well and he hasn't yet been in a situation where he can, his hot headedness can show through? I, he hasn't really been wheel to wheel with anyone so like I reserve judgment but he, at least at the level of you know, preparing for a race and doing qualifying and all that stuff.
1: His consistency at the yeah, he's consistency. Yeah, he's been
0: really consistent. Yeah. He hasn't like dropped it on its own, on his own, which has happened in previous seasons.
1: And it just seems like he hasn't <clears> had <throat> brain farts. If he has, gone yeah, on wheel to wheel. Yeah, and like, I was
0: I was actually even thinking, you know, um, imagine. So think about Ricardo last year when he was the golden boy in the first few races. When he would like, uh, was it Shanghai? I think he won in Shanghai, and he was like everyone was talking about his career, whether he was going to move to Ferrari or Merck. And he was doing really, really well, and Max wasn't doing that well. Take take that Daniel Ricardo in that like in the in the Red Bull, and I think if you plunked him into the team this year, and pit him against this year's Max, I think this year's Max would still win. Yeah, I I because like, Ricardo so. was pulling off really good moves and overtakes, but Max has just been raw, just pure he's pace and f- power. Yeah,
1: flawless. It just seems like he's uh, he's focusing a lot more, and I mean,
0: I'm impre- I'm actually really impressed. And I wasn't expecting Gasly to be silver behind him. It's yeah. nice to see Gasly kind of claw his way back to where he should have been or close to where he should have been.
1: He had a better weekend.
0: Yeah. He it's had- nice to see him, like, kind of not embarrassing himself. Yeah. But at the same time, Max is just annihilating him.
1: Yeah, I mean, in saying that, he qualified at 116.7, uh, and then the uh, Romain Grosjean was behind him in a 116.9. So, like... And the difference between him and Max was Max was a one sixteen three, so one sixteen three yeah. and I mean, three and, are, and a half tenths. Yeah, so yeah. it's still a a sizable gap between his teammate.
0: Yeah, but, but it's not embarrassing.
1: It's yet. not embarrassing. He's making Q. He's making you know. Three now, yeah. I
0: mean, because remember when he didn't make Q3 though, he didn't make Q2 once,
1: yeah. It was, it was bad, yeah. it, it was really bad. But it, that's like, he's still, I think, if he still wants a, a seat in that car next year, he's gonna have to close that four tenths up to max at least by he's gonna
0: have to get within two tenths consistently, yeah, yeah, yeah. two tenths. That would <clears> and, be a and like, number. and his race pace needs to improve too. Uh, he just needs to be. In in uncompromised positions. Basically. I think I think he's
1: a good. <coughs> I think he's a good uh, in his racecraft. Is good. I just don't think he's a good qualifier. I think he's qualifying really lacks polish. Yeah, uh, that's true. Actually, decent. I
0: can't even think of him. I mean, when he was in the Toro Rosso, I don't remember any like breakthrough qualifying sessions. I've just I, I remember he had a, some good races where he would charge up the field. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and I think that's his thing. So, but you know, if you want to be a uh, if you want to have a seat in these teams in these great teams you need to bring the whole package and you can't just have good racecraft. craft because if you're starting a 10th, uh, sorry, not 10th, but, uh, sixth, then you, you're not, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you, are not doing, uh, you, you can't, you can't, you can barely make a podium.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. But. Um, so like, it's nice to see him improve, but, and it's, I'm just really happy that, uh, that Red Bull is actually a real contender this year like maybe maybe not in not the long a, run.
1: No, not a real contender, but uh, better than what we thought.
0: Well, I it was actually impressive. This this race was impressive cuz they were actually doing better than than Ferrari really, but even like in a normal race this year, Max has been mixing it up with at least the back the back of the Ferraris. You know, he's been making Podiums or are, know are, are coming in like fourth, he's definitely and, causing trouble. Yeah, and, he, and he's pushing, and it's no. I, I feel like they've made a step forward compared to last year, where uh, last year they wouldn't only make a podium if one of the other teams had screwed up or one of the one yeah. of the cars in the other teams had really screwed up. So like this year, it's not only relying on the misfortune of the top two teams; they're actually kind of starting to close in.
1: Yeah, they're starting to carve carve their way back, and I mean. That's a direct result of this this Honda <coughs> engine. I mean, I mean, I know, both, yeah, both a, you and clo- I said, it's a
0: glorious, glorious sounding engine. I yeah. love the sound of that engine.
1: And I mean, both you and I thought that it was going to take maybe a season to like. Kind yeah, of I ride thought it. it would
0: take. I thought it would take a little bit longer. I didn't expect them. So <laughs> this kind of ties in with uh, what you were mentioning um, earlier today. So they they've been like the almost the complete opposite in terms of expectations uh as Renault because what we expected Renault to do better than last year quite a bit better because of the increased um funding and attention and like their focus and like getting Ricardo yeah
1: and they've been hiring like crazy yeah
0: and like they've 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 done worse if anything and Red Bull has just been ticking along with the same really great team but with a new engine supplier, which we thought would cause like a downward dip in their performance performance for a while, but they've it's literally like they were being held back by that Renault engine. Yeah. They switched to Honda, and now it's their power is being unleashed.
1: And you can see Christian Horner looks way more, much more relaxed. You see, <laughs> yeah. He looks like a much more happier man. He's you know, quite-
0: you know who looks less relaxed. Who? Cyril, beatable Oh yes. Yeah, like yeah. if you like when they when they focus in on him, he just he literally looks like he's about to have a nervous breakdown, and also like behead a bunch of people.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? What <laughs> is, uh, what is Alain Prost? I just want to know how, what is he doing. I get he's the advisor, <laughs> but what's he? He's not giving them the right advice. I mean. I, I yeah, don't know, I, uh, the camera pans to him and uh, sh- shoots over to him and he smiles, but it looks like he's just watching TV, like he's watching a French cartoon and he's smoking a cigarette. It, just, it doesn't look like he's, I don't know, it doesn't seem like, he's obviously doing something, but is he worth yeah, the money that they're paying <laughs> him?
0: <laughs> my theory p- My theory is that hes um, he's, a, he's just a known personality in motorsport because he's like maybe one of the greatest French drivers of all time and he's a really recognizable face and i think it like it's really it's a really big deal for renault to have him on as an important figure even if he's not really doing anything
1: i think they're trying to copy what mercedes were doing with, with uh, like nikki lauda lauda yeah <laughs> whereas like nikki lauda <laughs> yeah. was renowned for his technical um yeah i don't i don't i, don't, I and can't I know,
0: say for sure that prost isn't con- contributing but i don't really see the result or any like positive influence yeah because he's been getting more and more involved over the last two years and anyway like it seems that Abitable like runs that team and Process is just there as like as a technical advisor but I agree like he's a big name and he doesn't really seem to be taking any responsibility he doesn't really give interviews either no, whereas Lauda was doing tons of, of like PR, PR stuff yeah. like
1: and and you could see that Lauda was like invested into the team yeah. this is just <clears throat> the, the camera pans over and it's just like he'll give like a little cheeky smile and it's like no come on man we yeah, like, like, Alain Prost about- <laughs> we need we need more from you man we need you to say about uh, how about talk, get back to, about to the
0: factory and like trying to like you know um, get back in a- the fucking car him- <laughs> Prost you <laughs> Give a, give a pep talk or something, you know, like do
1: I don't know, d- yeah, I don't know. Fucking just, like, make not- make Daniel Ricardo some <laughs> or something. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Bake him a for breakfast yeah, yeah. do something <laughs> do something it's just in terms of PR he just needs to do more because like you just said he's not doing
0: anything so we don't know we don't know what he's doing behind the scenes obviously
1: he's contributing something but I just don't know someone of mm. his, his I don't know. My, my the, of it honestly so my
0: theory is that it looks good for the company Because like what I'm saying Renault itself is like part government owned and I don't know, I just feel like it's a it's a PR play to have him as a figurehead.
1: And I and I get it, but if if, if it's yeah. a PR play, don't just pan it over to him. It's like as if he's just like, uh, whatever. Give him <laughs> yeah, but if, I wanna uh, hear what Alan Prox say. That's just Liberty to
0: Media. They're obviously gonna do Yeah, that's the other thing. Like you would have expected some more interview time. I'm actually yeah, surprised. Because I would it, expect to see more of that.
1: It, yeah. Because this is a French this is a French works team. It's so literally so we Cyril hear. Cyril
0: Abitable. He's the only one that really gives interviews and it's like yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little disappointing. It, it is. There should it, be more people talking. You know. Yeah, there should
1: be more people talking. Or
0: yeah, or like, I don't know. I mean, lately I've noticed that the media presence for Renault has has like diminished, um, maybe due to their you know their 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 lack of form this season, but leading up to the season they had like a huge. I mean, their their social media was. They were making all these like you know, v- funny videos with Ricardo and Hulkenberg. And they were really, like, it seemed like they were shaping up or they were really expecting this year would uh, be very a, a positive arc for the team. And they just, like, dropped it. And they've had a terrible, terrible, disastrous season I so don't, far.
1: Yeah, I, I see this <coughs> half of the season is done for them. Um, and I'll come back and kind of reevaluate them after the after the summer but I, I kind of got the feeling that just this this half of the season that they're kind of done for that they'll need to bring some substantial upgrades and some new vigor but it's, it's I don't I, I don't
0: really even I, know what's wrong I mean is there something that's been consistently bad for them I can't we can't really point to something and say Oh, the engine keeps blowing up like last year. It's just I just like think the different. engine is no good. No, it, no, no, no. But the, it's like different things. There's like hydraulics. There was like electronics problems. There was that one race where Hulkenberg and Ricardo's cars both died with the kill switch. Yeah. But like, and then it turns out there were like totally different unrelated problems. And they've had like bad luck with the drivers. Um... I don't know. There's just like it's like almost every possible reason to no, to do badly in a race, but has it's, happened once. It's
1: historically, the engine is just not powerful. They've got to yeah, really, no,
0: they do have to step that up.
1: They've got to step up that engine because that Ferrari and that Merc engine is infinitely is is, is infinitely better. And I well, think here's that
0: here's another thing. Okay, actually, this t- ties back to Ferrari that I'm actually a little surprised. Ferrari were said to have been like to have brought. Uh, their next spec engine early, two races early to Barcelona. So everyone was thinking, wow, is this really going to be the turning point? Are they going to really bring it, you know, stick it to Mercedes? Are they going to pull ahead? Is this going to be like kind of a turning point in the first part of the season? And Mercedes didn't bring like a new spec engine and they still completely annihilated them. So what the hell is going on in Maranello?
1: I, I don't Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. And Seb doesn't look like he wants to do interviews anymore. Um,
0: yeah, he looks, he almost looks bored when they talk to him. Yeah. And, and like people ask a question and he doesn't, he doesn't get riled up anymore. And he's, he's just like, he, he has this kind of like, he, he shrugs at everything. And I don't know, it seems like he's, he's just not, he's fed up and he's not into it anymore.
1: Yeah, I think really Ferrari has completely destroyed his spirit, and you know why. You can th- or say or vice th-
0: versa too. I
1: mean, uh, I mean, he's a pain in the ass, but whatever. Regardless of what any what, you know Vettel can split a lot of a lot of fans, right? Whether you like him or not. But yeah. you want to see <coughs> a, a smart, alecky, little lively Vettel. It, it's part. It's been part of Formula One for the last yeah. decade, yeah, yeah. and just to yeah. see him like that. And again, regardless of what your opinion is of him, it it, it, it it's just kind of sad to see him just shrugging his shoulders, and not wanting to. It doesn't look like he wants to answer any questions, but it, this no. this path seems yeah. very, very close to the path that Alonso took to Ferrari, and he mm-hmm. wasted years mm-hmm. at Ferrari. He wasted years. He had yeah. one little shot at, at gaining a championship one year, but then Vettel nudged that from him. And and I think it you know I think Alonso looks back on those years of Ferrari and being like what what the fuck did I do I wanted to race for a, <laughs> for a team called Ferrari <laughs> yeah. and that pomp and, 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 and everything just went away but they were shit that, those years Ferrari were really bad yeah, so I don't know it just it just seems like uh, Vettel has gone to Ferrari with Ferrari promising big things and they're not delivering they're just not delivering and then there's just the the, the complete fuck ups in the strategy that happened <laughs> with Alonso yeah. too. They, they, they can't. I mean, they
0: can't. They're not making up their mind. Like they said, that they're going to favor um, Seb in all decisions, unless like it's really clear that, you know, like I guess in this case, when Leclerc was like definitely faster and it still took them forever. But yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem to make sense. So, like, when, when, when Mercedes makes um, team orders and like makes decisions that they don't want to make like that, they do it like when they made Bottas step aside for Hamilton to win in Sochi. That was because, like, there was a really tight championship race and uh, there was no chance of Bottas being, a, you know, he, he was way too far behind. And Hamilton was the one that was going, you know, that was the horse that they were backing. And it made sense. They make decisions that, like, make sense strategically for the team and for the points. But it seems like Ferrari isn't really thinking like that right now. They're just, like, blindly... Oh, we have a number one driver, so we're going to give them the advantageous strategy. Yeah, in everything.
1: I, they really need to. I think they really, really need to just—they're they're not modernizing. I don't believe the Ferrari are modernizing, and
0: they've—they've they've created kind of an antagonistic situation from the get go. And, and 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 here's here's um something that's I think makes a difference. Last year, Ferrari was uh, you know doing better throughout the season. Like there were they had some good races and bad races, but they didn't really completely screw themselves over. Until Vettel stuffed it into the wall at Hockenheim. So, what was what was different about that year? I think was that Kimi was driving and Kimi was kind of following the party line. He was like racing for himself, but then he he, he wasn't. I mean, there were a couple of times towards the end of the season when uh, when he was obviously on the way out and like in he was in Monza trying to drive for his seat. Yeah, w- yeah, for a seat, and also like kind of just like in Monza when he knew he was already out, and then he won in Austin. It was kind of like a last hurrah. But for the rest of the season, he was. Doing, you know, he was doing his job, but he was basically um, a number two driver and he was fine with it. You know, like he was kind of doing things to the advantage of the team and not really like necessarily caring about his own glory. Yeah. And he- now, like, you know, they made this decision to put Leclerc in the car and I knew it was going to destabilize Vettel. And yeah, I mean,
1: we everyone did. Everyone knew that this young hot start is not going to yes. just
0: blindly right. So when you have that, when you have a, a, a new uh, like a, a young buck come into the team who is clearly very fast, you you got to deal with it in a different way. You can't just expect things to f- unfold the way that they used to. No. And Vettel can't expect that, and the team can't expect that of Vettel or of Leclerc. And it seems like they're just like almost like just. Uh, like like they can't even handle what's going on, and they didn't expect it, but they... I mean, the like writing was on in, the wall.
1: Yeah, completely new territory. It, you know what it looks like? I also like
0: think it, that like Benato has... No business running a team. No, he's you're right. He's a technical guy. It's it's like he has like zero human, you know, um, relation skills.
1: Yeah. He, look, it, it doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't look right. Bonotto being at the helm. Do, I, I was quite surprised when he was announced.
0: Yeah. Uh, remember, I, I remember. I scratched Scratch my head. That paddock. Uh, the the paddock pass like post race thing where they the showed the interview. Um, yeah, with they the showed uh, whatever. The agent. Uh, <laughs> or his agent? Yeah, his manager. Like just reaming him out. Reaming he, out. And,
1: and yeah. it looked, was like, Fuck, what do I say? I don't know what to do. He just it?
0: looked like perplexed, like a per, child who's yeah. being scolded.
1: And he's looking over at half looking his eyes at the camera that's being filmed. Yeah. It was like was he, it Herbert? Which which media representative was <laughs> it's like he didn't know what to do. He had media on his ass filming <laughs> filming this whole fight go down. Yeah. And uh, he didn't be and you just know for a fact if this situation with in Toto Wolf's hands, it's been Handled. It's been handled like a motherfucker properly, and uh, yeah, Christian Horner too. But I, I don't know. They're, they're they're taking step backwards, Ferrari, and um, I think it's I think they're killing they're killing Vettel's career. And Vettel Vettel has nowhere to go. Like yeah, he's no. got like they've invested into Verstappen. They're not going to welcome Vettel back.
0: No, I don't even think that's a possibility. Yeah, I he's mean, got nowhere to go. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I think. I mean, we've kind of going in circles here, but I think that Ferrari has really botched their like the team cohesion this year. Yeah. Um. And and I think that's really gonna that's showing um in many different areas. I mean, technically, that like the the issues between teammates probably aren't going to affect the technical design unless like things get really bad and there's like two camps and they're hoarding secrets and stuff. But I think that things like things like race strategy and, and their policies um, and even the way they deal with the media, everything is kind of like in disarray right now. Yeah, it Because just, nobody knows like what the hell is going on and they're trying to back Vettel as a number one driver, but Vettel is not performing like a one, number one driver. It
1: just seems like they're operating on a Michael Schumacher era, sort of like this is the early 2000s. <coughs> yeah, they're not- operating
0: on that level, but the thing is Leclerc is no Barrichello.
1: No, he's no Barrichello and yeah. like you got no Ross Braun and it's, and it's 2019 things have changed and you, you don't necessarily just blindly back one driver. Uh, if you're a top team, you wait, you got to be, dip- it's going to be, there's going to be more diplomatic because it, it, if we're showing anything, Mercedes and Red Bull have dominated and they've been, they've taken a diplomatic approach. Yes. They've had their number one driver who they prefer to win the championship, but yeah. they, 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 they say mathematically until you're out <clears> of that <throat> equation, then you know we'll we'll start favoring and but Ferrari yeah so that
0: doesn't. that's actually supposedly what happened last year that's what Kimi maintained the rules were and you know like it's that's just the way it's supposed to work but Benato came out and said this year all things being equal we are going to favor Seb yeah. like one hundred percent straight up was like. I don't know. It feels like he's, he's just throwing the team back into Horner the dark Horner would ages. never
1: say that. Toto Wolff would never say that. They <laughs> yeah. H- Wolff would never say we're backing Hamilton, no. and Horner would never go out and say we're backing uh, Max. Yeah, Verstappen, yeah. Like th- they wouldn't go out publicly and say that. So th- it just shows uh, how bad Ferrari are at, at the moment. Yeah, and I mean,
0: if you're gonna be, if you're gonna have these kind of like antiquated policies that are like definitely not fan favorite, sort of fan friendly policies, at least have it. You know, like with a driver that's, like, like you need a Hamilton in the team to, to behave like that. Exactly. And, like, I mean, Merck didn't behave like that, but, like, because their their attitude is different, I, I think it allowed Bottas to actually step it up this year, you know, walk into the forest and then reemerge yeah. full of <laughs> porridge and vim and vigor <laughs> and uh, able to, like, take the fight to Hamilton. That's why they're having this, like, great year, this great season. And I actually really like that they both clearly want to win and you can see it in Bottas's face he just he just wants this run hamilton's run to end and he wants to show that he can be up there with the best of them and i really like that but what i really really respect is that they've been racing each other and they've been racing hard but they have not come together not and either. you can tell that they will go like they'll in a game of chicken they will play to like 0. 0.0001 seconds left and then one of them will flinch because for the good of the team they're not going to do what yeah. Ricardo and Verstappen did in Baku last year. There's
1: a, there's a unity at Mercedes that you see. And the
0: unity makes them all stronger. Yeah. And it's I know when Hamilton always like when they interview him he always takes a time to first congratulate Bottas for a, a job well done. And you know you can tell that he's like choking down the words like he doesn't want to say it because he's such a competitive driver and he doesn't want to congratulate his opponent basically. No. But he they are their opponents but they're also teammates so it's it's like they've and like created this miraculous situation that was not there with Rosberg because it was quite poisonous with Rosberg and exactly. and now they have this like amazing situation but because I think Bottas knew that Mercedes is the type of team that will not like favor Hamilton they will give him equal equipment equal opportunity to perform and he's been doing it and he expects more of it and I think that's really good it's a really good way to run a team, and it's good for racing. It's and good for racing. It's And, good it's, for the and it's honestly just fucking pathetic that the Ferrari is behaving the way they are. Because they could have that. They've got two drivers that are really, really, really fast. And Leclerc is probably going to make more mistakes because he's a little bit more inexperienced. But Vettel has been has shown that he, he's right up there uh, with the best of them making mistakes. And he's made mistakes last year under pressure, and he's making mistakes this year. He's
1: flat spotting all <coughs> over the place. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was bebopping and flat spotting all <laughs> over the place. So, I just I think if Ferrari had handled is could just handle the drivers differently and it's it's literally it. like hire someone. Who does strategy? Like, just p- get someone from F two, or like put out an ad on like put an ad on on Craigslist or something. Like, I just tell you, I tell you, hire uh, hire a strategist who knows something. Who was you the know, last team principal when they the won?
1: When they won their last world championship, who was their last team principal? It was Ross Braun. So mm, yeah. I think they need to go outside of the Italian peninsula no, because but, and, know, and I'll say this and I'll say they'll need to go outside the Italian peninsula because I don't know if I agree because it's, it's, it's too hard it, it's too much pressure it's too hard there's too much politics get someone outside of that arena uh, where they don't have that that uh, yeah, they, okay, they, yeah, they, don't, they don't have the pressure of the country because yeah, that's, that's what, true. That's, what that's, um, that's part of it but like, that's what Arriva Bene said he said they've got the country the, their whole country is looking at them yeah. but if you if you get someone if you get some British man or, mm-hmm. or if you get yeah. a Cyril, they don't have that attachment. They're going to look at things more a little bit more, I think, objectively and without mm, the. Yeah, uh, maybe.
0: I mean, uh,
1: and I think it'll be better. I think that they're they've got, to, they've got to look outside of their organization because the last time they won a world championship, they had a Ross braun who was poached from another yeah, team. So uh, poach poach <clears> another team poach
0: uh, <laughs> poach someone. Well, you know what? Like, I actually I'll, I'll say like I thought Maurizio Arriva bene was doing a pretty good job last year, and. Yeah, it kind of unraveled at the end, but he mounted a pretty, pretty decent challenge. And his style and his whole, his whole method, his, his approach to being a team boss was different from all the other teams. Maybe because he was Italian, and I think that they they made a mistake in in sacking him. You know, I, I don't it, think. It was I a think
1: no. I think that there were there was a lot of technical. Uh, there was a lot of strategic blunders and and. Uh, it just happened time and time. He didn't fix the strategic you know what. Blunders I, 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 I bet what you. I
0: bet you the st- strategic blunders uh, came down to Bonato. You know, <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was there. Like he was definitely running a lot of the show. Tell me what Ariva Bene was more like a people person, like a real like commander. Okay. And, uh, I do not know what happened, but I like whenever people um, promote someone from like a technical position or like a very highly specialized position. And they promote them to like the top job, and even you can see this in the business world when um, you know they promote a CTO to become a CEO or a CFO or something. And sometimes it works out, but usually the reason they're specialized, like there's a reason they're specialized. Of course, there that's is, their yeah. job, and they're not like necessarily a born leader running it. Like to really to be a team boss, you've got to be communication. You've, you've got to be, be good at a lot of things, but you've got to be a really good communicator, really good judge of people, and have some some kind of like vision and charisma. Um, so that people will like sort of band together and, and and like rally behind you and have faith in you and support you. And Bonato is like he has like less charisma than like a wet bag of rotting potatoes.
1: Okay, yeah, but but at what point? Remember, we were talking about how many strategic blunders were happening last year. I re- they, they got a, they they had to they had to chop someone's head off, and unfortunately, his yeah. head. Was eventually,
0: like ev- eventually, yeah, but heads like, ta- t- have
1: to roll. Tell, tell me what happened. Tell me what happened with their two pit stops, right? With Leclerc and Vettel, they both, and it was both something to do with the <laughs> the back. Uh, the
0: rear oh, left, Oh, rear left, yeah, and rear left. But and they lost them, like point four, yeah, like four tenths. They they lost they lost track stops, position yeah. on both drivers. Yeah, now
1: like yeah. and then you looked and then you looked at Mercedes well, and that's Red Bull. Str- yeah. and but I, I know it's not strategic, but it's it's an issue that, uh, that the Mer-
0: yeah, but the Mercedes is like just they have the best pit crew right now, and
1: so does Red Bull. Red Bull have yeah. a equally as good. Now, if you're a top team, you can't be having. I understand that sometimes those pit stops yeah. do happen, yeah. but for, if Ferrari it seems to be like a normalized. Yeah. When that the, they'll have those times when was the happen? last
0: time that we saw Ferrari do a double stack that and, went perfect that went well I don't even remember them even attempting it like I know Red Bull did a couple of really key ones last year and ended up like with tremendous results one of those races because they reacted really quickly did a double stack and I believe Mercedes they did, it wasn't this race I think it was the last race in Baku where they did a double stack where Bottas came in immediately behind Hamilton. And they've just been like, yeah, they've executed it perfectly. And Ferrari is like, they're really like screwing up on, on like so many levels this year. It's, yeah, it's I, just, I just it's pathetic. And, 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 and so it's almost, it's just weird. Like they have, yeah, I don't know.
1: I, I just, I just disappointed because they were in the wilderness when Alonso was driving for them, and there was high hopes. Yeah. And now Vettel goes to him, and you're like, cool. I, I don't mind seeing fucking Vettel win in a Ferrari. I don't mind, even though mm-hmm. it brings back bad memories for you. <laughs> it does yeah. bring back bad memories with Schumacher's reign of terror. But still, like, you go, you yeah. don't mind. But <clears> to <throat> not yeah. even, to not even be like competing against. I, I, I all I want to see is these two great drivers, Hamilton and Vettel, fucking duke it out in these. Different teams that represent different countries. And we're not getting that. And and we're running yeah, out of time. I, I want to
0: see, honestly, I want to see a four way race with Max like mixing it up. I want to see five drivers able to you know, consistently make the podium and like three to four drivers able to like actually get a top spot. And right now we literally just have two. Yeah. Like there's like, there's been like, we got two team We mates. had Bahrain where Ferrari was clearly. Ahead and Leclerc was dominating Vettel. That was amazing to see, and it was so 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 tragic that we didn't actually get to see that happen. That was heartbreaking. That was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. But every other race, it's been just literally battle of battle of the silver arrows. So.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just sad because we're running out of time to see a, a nice titan battle. Because yeah,
0: like we're five races in, like uh, that's not even. I think it's season over, basically. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go
1: as far as say season over, but we're looking like that. If, if they, what's the next few races that are coming up? We, we have, uh, Monaco. Monaco and then they go over to, then then maybe France and then it's maybe Montreal. So like, uh,
0: I don't know if yeah. Well, there's a lot of there. There are a lot of races left. There's a
1: lot of races left, but you oh, but you got to remember that that Red Bull are going to be strong uh, at a couple, right? That that's you know. Yeah, but
0: but Max has sixty six points now, and both Mark drivers are like well over hundred. It's one one twelve for uh, Hamilton and one hundred and five for Bottas, so yeah. that's like a huge gap oh, it's already. A hu- no,
1: like yeah, Max won't Max will won five for the championship, but if if you factor in like, those, like, those think about race this. tracks, like, can you
0: believe that? Like think like last season, if we thought that Max would be ahead of Vettel, no, we didn't by a race five. Like that's just insane.
1: We just, I mean, it, we, yeah, it's kind of shitty to see that we we thought that Vettel. I think you know what? I honestly think I think Vettel needs to take a year out. I think he's I think he's actually like. I think he's spent. I think he's 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 used up all his <laughs> he gas. He needs to go on walkabout. Yeah, he needs to go on a walkabout for a year. I really think. I think. I really think that he's just dejected and.
0: Uh, He's yeah, trained. but yeah, there's that's like who they put in in this in place. Like, there's no there's no. And options, then, I right? was thinking,
1: you know, I was thinking <clears throat> that I was thinking that today, post post race, I was thinking that yeah. today. I'm like thinking Vettel would really, really benefit from a year out of the sport because he's
0: been in it for <laughs> over ten yeah.
1: years and he's already just call been,
0: Kimi back up to the big leagues, but and then you know, fill a
1: spot. I thought if he was to do that, where would he go afterwards? Because I don't think Ferrari yeah, no. would take him back.
0: No and, one has ever done that. Like that's impossible. But I think once you're. Not performing and you're like not checked out, but when you so when it's clear that you're not, uh, that you've that, you've, that you can't handle it anymore, um, then you're basically out. Like, there, you we wouldn't even be like, um, picked up by a like a midfield team. I think it's just like, I don't think he'd go to a midfield, own, yeah. I don't, think the, he, uh, yeah, I, I don't. wouldn't want to see him. I know what you're saying though. I think that he's he would benefit from some time off, you know, absolutely, like he would he needs to just like go home and like hang out with his family for a while.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I just think that he didn't, it just didn't seem like he, I th- really thought Vettel was going to have a, a very good winter break and, uh, and go back. But no. I, I, yeah,
0: you know, you know who had a good winter break, Bottas. Yeah. Mr. Porridge. <laughs> He's just, yeah, really like I am, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't say I'm heartbroken, but I was very, very disappointed to see him. Cause I love the fact that he got pulled by such a huge margin. It wasn't like tight. He just, like, completely destroyed Lewis, And then for him to have that issue at the start, that's very – that's depressing, especially because, honestly, we talked about this a bit before, Barcelona is, like, the um, – the runoff version of Monaco. Almost. It's, it's like the open,
1: open plan yeah. living. So it's like you got an open plan house and that's what fucking Catalonia is. It's not closed and, and tight and, and yeah, it's and, not and tight squeaky. and twisty, but
0: it's like it, the, the characteristics are such that the
1: downforce characteristics yeah. are, 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 you know, not identical. It's just but a garbage, similar. garbage track. You, 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 shit, you were
0: mentioning that like you've watched it for, you know, many years and you don't ever recall a good race.
1: Yeah. And, and like my, I remember my brother went to, to Barcelona and it was fun and, all that but at the end of the day like remember him and i talking about we would just we would watch um you know the catalonia race together and we would both be just like fuck this is shit like it was so processional always and it's time yeah. for it. It's time for it to be removed okay. from the track. I understand that uh, Spain needs a Grand Prix. I, I get that, but they need to maybe I'm sure they have
0: other tracks. Yeah, even or if they can build up another track,
1: or they've got to make some. I mean, or leave Catalonia as a testing base. I get that because well, it,
0: I get. It. I think the characteristics are such that that, and also the whatever the race was in, in not Manucor, but the other one in um, um, in in France. Uh, where they had the race last year, those those circuits are like they have characteristics that are similar to many other circuits, and I think there's a reason that C- the Catalonia is s- uh, such an important sort of center for testing. Maybe part of it is location, but also just track characteristics. So I think, I get it's it, tra- yeah, because of the downforce, yeah, right? But so it's not it's not spectator friendly because like there's like no overtaking.
1: No, and and I don't think <clears throat> I, I mean uh, it. <sighs> I, I just don't know. I, I think leave Catalonia as a t- as the testing base for Formula One yeah. and then make well, modifications it, it's, it's to another track. I mean, they've got... Paul the
0: Ricard v- and Catalonia are like the two big ones, right? So
1: and <coughs> is the, is that the one in Valencia? Remember they had the, the, the Grand oh, Prix of yeah, Europa? Valencia. Yeah, I, yeah. Forgot, I forgot about
0: that. <laughs> I mean, ma- okay, yeah. so
1: Valencia is a cool town. Just make yeah. modifications. That's a street circuit. Yeah. Um, make modifications to that.
0: Speaking of, <clears throat> yeah, tracks that need to get up to speed. Uh, apparently, there's going to be an F1 race in in uh, the Netherlands in Zandvoort.
1: Yes, uh, there. It's not like totally confirmed, but I think it's it's uh, it's going to happen. Okay. All due to my boy Maxi. Um,
0: yeah, I, w- I was I was thinking about this. Um, so it's weird that like maybe it's not weird, but the, the the Max fans are like crazy super fans that are like travel between. All of the European races, they have got a huge contingents in Austria and Germany and uh, Belgium. At least those three, and I believe in France and even even in in England, um, it's kind of like insane how many of those fans travel. And it's interesting because like I don't really recall seeing that kind of reaction for for Vettel in the last few years from German fans. Like they definitely show up to the German Grand Prix in, in full force, but they don't seem to be like rabid fans. And maybe part of the reason the Dutch fans are like that is because they don't have their own race. And then if they do get their own race, maybe we won't see so, as many of them in their neighboring European countries. Yeah,
1: I think you're right. I mean, you got to remember how easy and the proximity of those European mm-hmm. countries are. Yeah. So to travel, it's not, it's like taking a, a but. Butt.
0: But it's I, I, 100% if they do get that race, um, it's because Liberty Media recognizes that it fans... Um, Max's fan base is so kind of rabid and really re- represents a, a big opportunity you know to sell tickets yeah so I, I think that's probably why why I, it would happen
1: and i think he he's like lewis right he'll he'll <laughs> uh He'll, he'll he'll thrive on that on that uh, attention and, and yeah, he'll yeah, perform well yeah, and, and, and like Vettel in Germany like you know they'll they'll they might like not necessarily win but he'll qualify high enough to give hope for the fans of that race weekend that he can win right um, yeah but. so
0: let's uh, let's do some quick like discussion about the the stinker uh, of a of a race that was the Spanish Grand Prix. There's really not that much to talk oh, about. Oh, really? we got a race to talk about? <laughs> Shit. There was, like, almost nothing to talk about because everything happened in the first lap.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was nothing really... Uh, the, some of the Ferrari stuff that we've already discussed, but apart from that... Yeah, it was it, basically
0: the the entire race happened in the first lap. And there was a bit of a bit of uh, hope, hope that would spring eternal uh, because... Uh, they put they put Leclerc on the hard tire, I believe, and so everyone was thinking, well, maybe he's going to be able to like one stop and like maybe he's going to be able to make it work, but it didn't work. He had to he had to change tires anyway. And uh, one of the only little bits of excitement there were like two things that I recall. One was Lando Norris doing an optimistic move on uh, on Stroll, yeah, and uh, basically both took each other out, which was. I thought it was Norris's fault, but the stewards investigated and eventually decided that uh, it was a racing incident and no one was fully to blame. But uh, I th- so Norris was trying to get back on the track or something and he basically just shoveled a whole bunch of gravel onto the track. Oh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> and, and everyone was just like like pissing themselves with glee because they thought, oh, man, safety car, finally something's going to happen. And they did get a safety car, but... Yeah, what did it do? Nothing.
1: It turned advantageous <coughs> for the uh, Mercedes. Hamilton got, like, a little freebie fucking pit stop. Yeah, but, like, I mean,
0: it didn't really shake things up it that much. It didn't shake
1: anything up. It helped, yeah. It actually helped Mercedes. Yeah. That was the thing. It was, like, it helped Mercedes. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so we can probably it's probably better to talk about the mid <clears throat> the midfield more so than the mm-hmm. top. I mean, mm-hmm. Haas done well. Uh, yeah,
0: but but Haas was like so Haas actually said that uh, I don't know if it was Grosjean or, or Magnuson being interviewed, but they said that like the car that they were bringing to Barcelona was like almost like hundred percent different car. Like it was just so many new parts, and and then they like really showed it in in practice, and then later in qualifying, it was like. Holy uh, shit! Yeah, Haas's pace, Haas's, Um, So when we started this this season, like I, I actually I think that um, I mean their pass was pretty good, but Alfa Romeo was really impressive in the midfield teams because their front wing design or something they were really doing a lot better than Sauber last year, and they were kind of like um, the surprise, you know, surprise success. But Haas in the last couple of races, like they've been doing really well in quality pace and didn't have a lot of race pace, but this race. They were like they were, they were nipping at the at Red Bull heels, you know. Like yeah. they were really mixing it up with the, with the with the Toro Rosso's and being kind of really pushing pushing the Red Bull. And it was, that was like really cool to see. Yeah, it was. It was. You uh... know. You know what else was cool to see? Um, <laughs> the K. Mag and Grosjean almost coming together. And how many times did Grosjean try to take a shortcut in this race? <laughs> I don't think it was deliberate. He, I saw I <laughs> it. was saw, a like, few times,
1: though. It was I a few th- times for
0: sure. I saw, like, a, there was like a meme. I don't know if it was posted on Twitter or something of like Grosjean's race. And it was just like a picture of a driver with like a GPS saying, like, <laughs> recalculating route. <laughs> <coughs> just trying to, like, oh, shit, I'm in a gravel trap. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah. He,
1: when they were saying with uh, Magnuson and, and Grosjean, I'm, um, I believe it was, uh, was it, Cro- it, was ben- it was Jensen Button and maybe it was Crofty. It was post-race. And mm-hmm. they tried to bring up, oh, about how you guys touched, you know, what's going to be said. And Magnuson was like, well, no, it was like no one's fault. We were, mm-hmm. you know, we we're pretty respectful of each other. And I think it's just now a plain joke that if Grosjean's just involved in
0: something, <laughs> like
1: they that just- If there
0: was an accident, if Grosjean was like in the country- Then it was his fault.
1: Yeah, it's his fault, and we got to talk about it. And so
0: actually, it it was—it's interesting. I don't know if you watch the team radio stuff, the summary that they do afterwards, like the best team radio moments. But they (laughs) had—they're probably doing this for the fans that like new fans who watch the Netflix documentary. But they basically put Günther Steiner on, and Günther Steiner was like telling um, K Mac, he was like, "When you come in." make sure I'm the first one you see. Like he was like, <laughs> you're in deep, deep doo doo right now. And I, then he, and then he was on the radio <laughs> with, with Grosjean and actually it almost seemed like he was apologetic to Grosjean. Like he was like, come see me and talk to me. But like, I, I can't remember the exact words, but it seemed like he was kind of saying that was, you know, you know, Kevin will be disciplined or something like that. Like, it, yeah. seemed, it seemed really funny. Cause like when he talked to K Mag, he was literally make sure I'm the first person you see. and And Kevin was like, uh, it's like yeah, they've, got it's, it, it's got like it.
1: they've emotionally tortured a child, and they're like, "Oh shit, he's he's now just this like recluse little yeah. fucking <laughs> imp." So let's let let's just yeah. it's all right, buddy. Come here. It's like they've been he's been locked up in a Harry Potter closet <laughs> for <laughs> all his bad day. and now and now he's like seeing something. Is something
0: you talking about
1: Grosjean or or Magnuson. Grozhan's <laughs> <laughs> the one in the Harry Potter cupboard. <laughs> But it, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, yeah. it's like, it's all right, buddy. It's, it's like, it's all right. Don't worry. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's here. Just It's good. Yeah, it's
0: uh, like <laughs> got, got a little dark.
1: I, I do. what I do. I want to uh, talk about the McLarens um, and just yeah. uh, and, science.
0: Uh, actually, so team radio science actually was on the team radio saying he was like ecstatic for coming in eighth or whatever. And he basically said. Wow, you know, like guys, amazing job. I can't believe, you know, we were, we we won this position with a car that had no pace. Yeah. He basically said, like, wow. He was saying the car was shit and somehow we managed to, to, eke up into uh, eighth place.
1: I mean, Lando and uh, Carlos must be just like going, fuck yes. These, yeah. these guys well, Lando
0: are, must be feeling like shit for DNFing. You know, uh, uh,
1: yes. But in terms of like the whole yeah. package of this year in, in these, these races, yeah. they like, they've, they've been, been ma- quite good. They've, they've been, been excellent, good. man. And I'm, I'm happy because uh, I, I like seeing McLaren um, as much as I, I enjoy works teams. I, I like seeing a, a pedigree racing team yeah. like McLaren. Yeah. So them, them climbing up. I mean, um, they're,
0: they're the only ones carrying the torch because Williams is literally um, plumbing new depths of garbage. Like they're just they can't. they're 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 trying to tunnel to the center center of the earth or something. Come out, yeah. The
1: back. They're 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 doing bad, and I mean it, we, I mean we always put money on yeah, McLaren yeah. going ahead, but um McLaren. I mean, they're going to be consistent point uh, winners this this year, and, and it's good to see. Um, so it's what's interesting was that uh, Martin Brundle said that he highly ra- – and he thinks that he's the only one in the paddock to to think this, and he's quoted as saying that he highly rates signs as one of the best drivers, and you put him in a good car and he'll be able to go toe-to-toe. Um, do you agree with Brundle's – assessment on science because he, I mean, and he, and you know, and uh, I think Crofty uh, was like, Oh, I think you might be the only one that thinks that. Uh, yeah,
0: no, I, I would agree with Crofty. I mean, science is, he was, he, he was, it was him and Hulkenberg last year and Hulkenberg pretty, pretty much had the better of him in terms of qualifying. And I think in race results as well, though science had some good races he also had some <clears throat> tremendously bad luck, and he's had bad luck this year too. So it's really hard to compare. But uh, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't completely overshadowed uh, Lando Norris. And not if Lando Norris, a rookie, can step into that car and start putting it in places, like maybe you could say that the races that Norris did really well in, if Science had not DNF'd, he would have done better. But that's a bit of a stretch.
1: It's a bit of know? a stretch, and I, I mean, it, he doesn't. It doesn't look like that Science has shown enough. Uh, for me to be like, uh, you know, when you, when you saw Ricardo racing and in his first yeah. year and that, yeah. and you could see little glimpses of these greatness. And yeah.
0: That. I don't see any greatness. Yeah.
1: I don't see any stuff. I see,
0: I see potential greatness in, in Norris though.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. So it's interesting. I mean, uh, I think
0: science is like a really good solid driver and it was like really like a, a, a great driver for McLaren to, to, to have at this stage of the recovery but it's really good they also got Norris, who's got this young, you know, fire in him <clears throat> and a lot of talent. And so it's a great lineup, but I don't think, I, I, I almost guarantee Norris is going to completely eclipse science next year. And I tell
1: you what, I tell you what this mirrors, uh, Keon, is it mirrors the Red Bull of uh, Vettel and Weber, where Weber was this, uh, even yeah, though Weber yeah, was a little, a little bit more older, yeah. um, but it's kind of like, you know, Weber wasn't a great a phenomenal driver he was good mm. and solid but he benefited from a an, a beautiful adrian newey red bull so i just feel like you know i i hope that mclaren get back up there and then he'll benefit just from the fact of being with mclaren in a good car and he can put in yeah results
0: but so when you're talking about constructor standings like um mercedes is obviously way ahead of ferrari um with like 200 and I don't know, something 215 216 217 points and Ferrari's, like, in their, like, 120-something. And then you've got Red Bull, which is at 87. And in a distant fourth place is McLaren. But McLaren is firmly in fourth place. Yeah, that that's huge.
1: That's huge. And, I mean, uh, if they can come fourth in the constructors, then... What, what? Yeah, they're
0: like they're, it's actually a racing point. Who's the nearest competitor, and then under that is Haas. So it's like it's still too early to tell. It's still very, but early. but McLaren I mean. has done really, really well. Actually, shockingly well for the midfield. Nobody would have expected this to happen. and actually, kind of, it's weird because I, when I was thinking about the midfield and who's doing well in the midfield, and I was like, you know, Alpha Romeo started out really well, and Renault is underperforming, and Haas is like, you know, doing really well, and I like in my head, I don't even like factor. McLaren in because they were so garbage last year Yeah, but that I, they, I consider them in the same breath as Williams, but they're actually not only not in the back, they're in the midfield, but they're actually like totally slaying it this year.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's really good to see. And you know what the difference between them and Renault, like in terms of their, their recovery or their rebuild is that Renault were quite, uh, vocal about their rebuild saying we're, we're mm-hmm. investing this, we're doing all this and this and that, but McLaren, you didn't really hear bupkis there was nothing (laughs) it was it was like they're quietly yes it's like they got a mad scientist and they're quietly like developing something cool and i really hope that they can i I just i would just love to see i just really want to see mclaren back up there i yeah i I know it's nice to see them do well
0: i just i want to see that zach brown guy gone yeah uh, yeah he's a dick yeah (laughs) he really rubs me the wrong way but i i'm glad that they're They've got this return to form. And also it's like almost poetic justice for me to to see them do well as soon as Alonzo left. And I think maybe your theories about Alonzo might like ring a little bit more true now in retrospect. Like that guy is just a bad seed.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you got Christian <coughs> Horner saying that no, he was never yeah. even a consideration for our team. And he didn't Horner say that he was a, a he co-
0: said that. And, and then Alonzo took issue with it. And like basically stated that like, that's a like flat out lie. And he had offers on the table and there was like a lot of, there's a weird sort of media standoff bet- between them. And I don't, I don't know who's telling the truth, but yeah. like, I, I My money's on
1: t- Christian Horner, the the saintly prince. Yeah,
0: I mean, I would, I would, I wouldn't put it past Horner to, to like, you know, uh, play fast and loose with the truth. But I honestly, like, when it comes down to those two guys, I would, I would believe Horner. I mean, he's he's not a saint. He's not the most trustworthy person. But I don't think he's as. I don't. Know, I just feel like Alonso would go go places, and then bad things would happen because it's it all the, just, it all the shit like politics around, those swirl around
1: yeah it seemed like that he was uh, a very demanding yeah. driver. It was and very
0: satisfying to see what happened between him and Lewis like that was just a cool season, man. That it was, was really
1: was awesome. it was awesome and you know uh, yeah, Alonzo, he's going to divide i mean he's he's my brother's favorite driver and my favorite driver <laughs> was was Lewis and uh, yeah so it split <laughs> us down the line but
0: is your driver is your favorite driver still Lewis I don't think so.
1: No, no, because I mean, I don't, I, I, it, it, it used to be in the early days, but I mean, now that he's just winning so much, you kind of want to jump, you know, Yeah. trying to jump on someone that that's a little bit new and, and that, but definitely in, in my, in my early days, uh, when he started racing for McLaren, mm-hmm. he was the fucking, he was the most exciting driver to watch. man.
0: Yeah. And, and I actually, I kind of agree. Like it's, it's, it's good for the sport to see someone young come through the ranks. And like the thing that I like, I always back an underdog, but one that has a chance, And one thing that was really cool about Lewis in the early years was his irreverence right? Like how yes. dare you challenge. And I think that like what I like about this year is Le- is little Leclerc is kind of doing the same thing. So yeah. it's, that's really satisfying.
1: It is me. really cool to see, but yeah, I would, uh, I, 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 I've moved on Lewis and I, we had a good relationship, but I'm with Max now. So. <laughs> yeah. I know you are. I know
0: you are. Do you play with your little, the Max replica? I do. I yeah. do. I play with you. You take bed. it to bed with you?
1: Yep. I sleep with a little Max. <laughs> it has replica. its own special pillow. Yeah. It yeah. has its own, its <laughs> own buzzer. And
0: so, uh, Um, Yeah, okay, so I guess uh, we should wrap this up, but we can talk about what our expectations are for Monaco. No, I I, of both of us love Monaco weekend. We love watching Monaco. It's like such an iconic race, and despite how pathetically boring it is usually, um, and probably will be this year as well. It is. It's still cool to watch, and I would love to go one year. And I think you you've you've said the same. Yes, we but are going to go one. Yeah, like one we, of these we years. should we should go. We should make a pact to go in the next like I don't know four years or something.
1: Yeah, we can we can live record the, the <laughs> yeah. dirty side from a from <laughs> a, a. We got to start. Yeah,
0: we, we got to start doing. I mean, stuff our like our that.
1: yacht will just be a shitty little tinny. Well, but, I mean, um, do we
0: have a lot? access to lots of really good video gear now to do, like, mobile stuff, but uh, we, we got a... We, it'll be a good race to attend, but this year, not gonna happen this year, but this year, actually, like, last year, I loved Monaco because it was this, like, a redemption for... Um, actually, the last two years have been really interesting. I think it was the last two years, the last three years, but um, last year was cool because it's a high downforce track, and Red Bull has a clear advantage. Yes. And That was during uh, Daniel Ricciardo's, like, surge at the beginning of the season, and he was doing really well, and he, like, totally laid the smack down on that race. Like, he qualified on pole, and he won, and despite his engine um, basically giving out two-thirds of the way through, and he, like, lost a whole bunch of horsepower, and that was, like, so that made the race exciting, because normally it's, like, super boring, but you're, like, oh, no, his engine might die. Is he going to keep it alive? And he was able to, you know, basically keep the other drivers behind, courtesy of the fact that Monaco is a shit track. But it was an exciting race to see. So this year, what are we going to see? We're probably going to see. I, I would say, like, I almost want to say Max has a pretty good chance. I
1: bowl. was just about to say it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're gonna. I think we might see a Max get on pole. He, yeah. He's got and it. If, and has got a fire. Honestly,
0: it. I think if Max gets on pole, this year's Max gets on pole, he's probably going to win. Last year's Max gets on pole. I would have bet one hundred percent in the first twenty-five laps. He's going to make a mistake and stuff it under pressure, and I think this year he won't. So I I would love to see him on pole, um, but don't count the the Mercs out. Like they are really performing uh, on you know high downforce circuits. Like they're very well balanced cars. Yeah,
1: surprisingly, I mean their their cars going around Catalonia. It looked magnificent to see when when you saw them. Yeah, I I,
0: I like. I almost feel like I. If it's going to be Merck, I don't even know if it's going to be Bottas or Hamilton. And that's really the only like saving grace of the season because we, it's not clear. And so it could be yeah. either of those three. And I would say almost no chance, especially after Catalonia for Ferrari. It's going to be too close. I don't think they're going to make enough changes. Do you
1: think, though, that Leclerc. I, I, I think, think Leclerc Vettel will probably.
0: <coughs> I think Leclerc has a very good chance of outperforming Vettel.
1: Yeah, because Vettel doesn't really do well at Monaco anyway. Um, I mean, he's won a couple times, but he hasn't. He, it's not like his best track. So to oh, speak. he
0: won. He won in um, what was it, 2017, because the team screwed Kimi over in strategy. Kimi was on pole, and was like expected to win, and then they put uh, Vettel on them and right. an advantageous strategy. And I think he is have... the same with Max, and like R- Ricardo was pissed that Max yeah. jumped
1: him. I mean, I, I just I, I think if we're gonna see a Ferrari make some sort of inroad and play into the theatrics of Monaco. It's going to be Leclerc. Uh, So I I think it's going to be the two mercs, Leclerc and Verstappen. It's going to be between them four. In terms of, I mean, Leclerc a distant fourth, but in terms of like fighting... Yeah, super distant fourth. Yeah, You
0: never never know what's going to happen at the start.
1: You never know, and Leclerc's a good starter too. So I mean, it's going to. And then yeah, also we got he's been, little,
0: he's been a little spotty. Like he's had good starts and bad, sp- bad starts. But,
1: but then yeah. a, I know a Haas. That's a, a very strong that's Haas. That's that's, that's, that's going to mix things up for the Ferraris too. So like it's it's.
0: I almost expect. I would say something like, let's just say hypothetically, um, let's say Hamilton, then Max, then Valtteri, and then. Uh, Leclerc, and then I would almost say like maybe one of the Hasses might end up in front of Vettel. Like who knows? I'd say
1: Grosjean, yeah,
0: yeah, Grosjean. When he has on days, is actually pretty good. I so. think
1: qualifying is going to be more fun to watch than the race. Put it that way.
0: Oh, that's that's you mean the the actual race isn't yeah. on Saturday? Like like that's basically the history of Monaco has been like Saturday. Is when it actually gets decided. Yeah, and, and it's going to be fun to see all those hot laps going through. And it's and actually it's been it's been like ma- kind of mayhem this year. The drivers have been really pissing and moaning about other drivers not following etiquette and like yeah, I mean, ruining their flying laps. F- Ricardo and stuff.
1: backed into someone a few weeks back. Like fuck, <laughs> it's just. Uh- it's a whole shit show at the moment with manners.
0: Yeah, and it's all often Max on the radio complaining about another driver screwing up his lap, <laughs> and then like he will get them back. And be like, I don't care, you know. He just he deserves it. That's sort of like <laughs> yes. that's the only bit of like childishness that I've seen from Max this year, as him pissing and moaning on the radio. But about I think qualifying.
1: that's part of his personality. Yeah. And I don't think it yeah. will ever go away. That's
0: part yeah. of it's just these things. I'm actually like, just even talking about it now, I'm kind of excited because Monaco is like one of the only tracks where the the iron, you know, the the, the grip, the death grip that Mercedes and Ferrari used to have on uh, on the front would finally relent. And and like high downforce tracks, the, the Red Bulls would do well. And the reason, of course, that Monaco is a Red Bull track is because it's a high downforce track. However, it's so tight and twisty that there are no like... Really, the long straights, so their yes. engine disadvantage is neutralized. But this year, their engine disadvantage isn't really that much of a disadvantage. No, you're right. It, it doesn't seem so. It, so it almost feels like, I think Red Bull will still be successful if they do have such a clear lead in downforce. But I think maybe this year the Mercs are like catching up to them in downforce. So that's why I, would just, I wouldn't say clearly, Max. But I'm, I don't know. I'm just excited to see it because like. Maybe they're maybe the the Honda engine advantage is going to be kind of neutralized because this track it almost doesn't matter. So I think it really comes down to whether they get the right bits on, uh, who's ahead in it's, the downforce yeah, race. Yeah,
1: it's the setup. It's the setup of the car.
0: But I think yeah. they're close enough that the drivers can make the difference. So I think quality is really where it's all going to happen.
1: Yeah, and 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 if we're looking on Max's form from The last three or four races, then yeah. it is, it's it, yeah. it, it's pretty strong showing to say that he's
0: going to. Let's just hope for like it's, some kind of crazy shakeup. Def- yeah. Let's let's hope for rain and qualifying or something. Yeah, exactly. Or a dry qualifying in a wet race. You know, something cool to shake things up. <coughs> yeah, that'd be great.
1: Alrighty, well, it's been fantastic as always chatting about F one.
0: And yeah, so we'll see you shortly uh, after the Monaco Grand Prix. Thank you, Keon. Thanks, Luke. See y'all later. Bye bye.